Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Dispensing cannabis business knowledge beyond a million square feet of cultivation space, CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Blunt Business, harvested by Strainwise Consulting. Together, we will navigate the challenges and opportunities of one of the most profitable industries on earth. Join us each episode to hear our weekly roundtables and interviews with industry professionals. Now, let's delve into some blunt business with your host. Welcome to Blunt Business. Thanks for joining us here on the program. Really appreciate all of you joining us here on CannabisRadio.com. So we are bringing back a company that has been featured here on the program. Back to you back last June of 2019. We're going to go ahead and pull a little call back to what happened back in that episode. We're happy to welcome uh, this company back. My next guest oversees the first ISO accredited cannabis lab in the world and the number one accredited te- cannabis testing lab in California. He's also an executive committee board member of the American Council of Independent Laboratories Cannabis Working Group. Keep a point of that position because that's going to be important of our focus of our discussion today with Antonio Frazier. He is president of CannaSafe. Antonio, thanks for joining us. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, delighted with the intro there, and I'm excited to discuss these things today. I uh, talked to Aaron about the episode two days ago, so he was glad that you had us back and uh, looking forward to continue educating the folks. So, um, Thank you, everyone, for listening in as well. Yeah, you're holding the pre- the position of president, of which Aaron Riley held this position as I spoke to him last year. You are now president. He has now become CEO. So that's where the uh, that's where the 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 line of chain of command has gone to now. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, yeah, so. he's leading up all the labs and the expansion, the big vision. I'm uh, setting up our, our HQ, our corporate team. So yeah, stepping to a new role. I really enjoy it. a lot of. A lot of people, though, stuff. I don't get as much lab work as I used to. <laughs> there we go. So well, specifically, I wanted to ask you about that was pointed to our attention here on Bluntness is that you recently co-wrote a letter on behalf of the ACIL, again, American Council of Independent Laboratories, outlining the deficiencies in California cannabis regula- regulations and suggestions for no-cost improvements. Now, I've talked about the issues when it came to compliance and regulations the issues ongoing with the Cannabis Bureau of Cannabis Control. I'm going to call out a couple of things that we actually talked about in that last discussion a year ago. But first of all, talk to me about what you laid out here in this letter, what you're looking for to help improve California's cannabis industry to make it safer for consumers without increasing costs. Absolutely. And that's absolutely what we're trying to do here. So let's clear up. Uh, ACIL is a fairly recognized that group of testing laboratories have been in the game for quite some time and um, they have developed a cannabis working group, which uh, as you mentioned, uh, myself and Zach Ansberg are from, from uh, Enresco, 
are in the middle of developing and advising the Bureau on these things. The stuff that we've done as independent labs already, and Kansas State's been quite involved with it. You know, there's other organizations through different trade groups who have definitely been involved. But what we're trying to do now is form a California-specific uh, committee here, so say, to attack these state rules versus the federal things that ACIL does. So this is a little new, but this is our first um, attempt and our first swing at creating a better playing field, a, 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 a better, trying to improve the structure to where you get more consistent data. Because there's a lot of issues with uh, labs right now as far as data being consistent. And that's what we're really aiming for here. The, the aim of this letter is to give better rules for regulators to lay out to make our industry cleaner, safer for consumers, and it should be no cost added for anyone. This is one of those good, it's one of those good deeds for everybody type deals. And um, I can go into the points as specific as you like me to. Uh, I'm not really sure how technical you want to get. No, but, no, no. Uh, well, I want to just make the, the scope of yeah. the, the importance of this organization that you're part of. American Council yeah. of Independent Laboratories, it's a, a trade association that goes back to 1937. And then I don't know how soon this cannabis uh division this working group has been brought together but obviously would they have this organization working on the behalf and you're able to go ahead and speak on their behalf as a board member trying to put a real leveraged plan in place with the state of california so talk to me about that part because i wanted to know you know what how to support the acl's offering Oh man, that is that, that's an awesome question. It's actually what we're trying to craft. So, what, uh, so, so with this cannabis working group that I, I was brought on to with Zach here is that we're now looking at the more specific state rules. And like you mentioned, ACIL has been around for a long time, been environmental, food, really instrumental in making sure things are safe and, uh, and, and making sure rules are on pair, and as well as making sure industry respects the analytical lab's capabilities. And that's something that's a big disconnect right now as far as what it really means uh, to get a test report or a COA. One of the biggest uh, misnomers right now is that people believe that there's an exact number for your potency, so to speak, whether it be flour or whatever. Technically, with analytical laboratories, everything's a range. Um, there is no exact number because there's so many variances involved with the testing, and we're looking at such small levels, you really cannot declare anything to be exact. So there's a big disconnect in what is expected. Um, I do, uh, in your talking points, you sent over something very interesting about the uh, FDA and CBD uh, feedback that's coming back. You know, And I want to hold on to that. I actually want to bring that oh, up oh, as sorry. the next break. Uh, that's totally okay. But we're definitely going to bring that oh, up, that report. Because uh, I think, in the six, this is where I want to come down to the fact, this is where <clears throat> a year ago, when I talked to Aaron, it was really a matter of we saw the ongoing, the it was not a disconnect, but just seeing that there were a bit of a frustration, a bit of a, a level of frustration as to where we want the Cannabis Bureau of uh, Cannabis Control, where they want to bring things up to a certain level to get to a particular compliance level, to get regulations up to a good par with other states that are, might be doing much better. But obviously, it's a larger state, a larger test subject for the state. We want to see that the regulations and compliance are put to a certain level so that legalizing full-scale state-to-state is there's a, a that nobody has a lower bar than the other. That's what it comes down to, is that I would never want to see California become the lowest common denominator for regulation and compliance. That's where I wanted to come down to. So let me mention this here, too. The ACIL, which is interesting where the Cannabis Working Group comes into play, the ACIL has noticed cannabis companies are trending away from a focus on quality and safety towards receiving favorable results, such as a lack of contaminants and higher potency, potency excuse me, and lower pricing. Uh, 
A more mature market as this trend has already led to the suffering of honest laboratories and the questioning of the cannabis industry as a whole. So it's really like, that's what I'm saying. The ACL, I feel like they're seeking similar improvements in other states. Is this also something they're trying to address to other states? And is there any market they feel like there's a suitable testing benchmark that should be the level of where Great things question. should be? Great question. Um, so first, I'll tack to ACIL. So ACIL has seen this happen in every other industry with testing before, whether it be environmental, okay. um, food. We all go through these waves of regulation as things come into play, as rules change. They're much more established now, so you don't hear, get a lot of noise, but they've been through this before. So what they're trying to do is help us get ahead of it and establish things to create that benchmark. Um, there's actually a program, uh, the Canalap, excuse me if I didn't say that correctly, I'm, uh, I may get flogged by, uh, <laughs> by the, okay. uh, for this for not being as, as well versed, but they've created a separate, we have created a separate set of standards that are more cannabis specific to ensure uh, that there is a higher benchmark in transparency and ensure that you don't make these mistakes that some other mature testing markets already have. The beast of California is that we're by far the largest consumer market out there. And that's what's really difficult for the BCC is that they're trying to regulate something that's already moving. Where some of these other states have started from ground zero and it's easier to enforce on these producers who are just getting started and quite frankly have um only uh, they're probably more like business people who've always kind of done it right i mean oregon and california have a much much more uh have a much more established traditional market as we call it so therefore it's a little bit more it's a little bit difficult to get them to not only you know pay taxes um you know have all these regulations put into place, all these parameters, and then have a lab who they really have a relationship with tell them if their product is passed or failed with all these new regulations for pesticides, solvents for processing, uh, microbials, all these things that are good. I mean, California has some of the best, some of the most stringent testing requirements as far as analytes you're looking for. I mean, 66 pesticides, 20 plus solvents. There's a long laundry list, much longer than any other state or Providence or country. But there's other states that have better um, testing frequency, like smaller batches, to ensure that you're actually testing more of the product. There's also um, lab states that have smarter rules to where you can certify your oil in the bulk form, which is much more suitable for us at testing. And then you certify your process for filling a cart to ensure you don't introduce any more contaminants, which can happen. But at the same time, in California, we're testing the final product. So if you get that vape cart and you open it up mechanically, which are not meant to be opened up, think about that. I mean, this is for consumer. Um, you can introduce contaminants by doing so. So to be very, very careful. And some labs that aren't maybe as experienced as ours uh, may introduce contaminants during those processes that cause a batch to fail that shouldn't have failed. So there's a patchwork of um, regulation due to all the state by state. And the BCC certainly has a big challenge. Uh, you know, trying to oversee the largest one that's already been roaring for quite some time. Uphill climb more than anything I can tell, just from what that sounds like. I'm here with Antonio Frazier, president of CannaSafe. And of course, take a look at the website, C-A-N-N-A-Safe.com to get a look more about the company and what they're doing. Take a look at the website as we go to commercial break. We'll be back to talk about that very FDA report that Antonio is chomping at the bit to talk about. We'll come up after the break. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. 
Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Dazed and Infused. Join sugar industry expert Latham Woodward for a happier hour each week for a lively and often hilarious discussion on the infusion of cannabis into food, beverages, and life. Explore exciting new culinary landscape trends with fascinating friends and guests who are leading the industry into the uncharted mainstream. Discover curated menus, enhanced cocktails, and live tastings. Life's a little sweeter here on Dazed and Infused. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. I'm here with Antonio Frazier, president of CannaSafe here on Blunt Business. So there was an FD report that was released on the CBD marketplace titled uh, Sampling Study of the Current Cannabidiol Marketplace to Determine the Extent that Products are Mislabeled or Adulterated. This report revealed that many of the products tested contain THC that was not identified on the labels. In addition, a majority of the products did not meet label claim for CBD content. Real, real tangible work by the FDA. I must give them credit here. With either little, too little or too much CBD. Detailing poor quality control and undisclosed THC in many CBD products. Let me give some of the numbers real quick, Antonio, before I have you jump in on this. In this study, they tested 147 products for 11 different cannabinoids, including CBD and THC levels. Total levels of the 102 products that indicated a specific amount of CBD, the FDA found 18% or 18 products contain 80%, less than 80% of the amount of CBD indicated. 46, 46, uh, 45% contained within 20% of the amount of CBD indicated. 37% contained more than 120% of the amount of CBD indicated. That's fascinating. And of those 147 products, the FDA also found nearly half contained levels of the THC above the limit of quantitation, which is 3.1 milligrams per serving. That is Oh, that's jaw-dropping to me, that there is that much um, malfeasance right there in proper marking and labeling of these products. So what needs to yeah. be done to get a stranglehold on this quality control issue here? Uh, regulation, to be quite frank. What people don't realize is that CBD products are technically uh, still illegal on the federal level. Just because we have the hemp bill for the crop and allowing cultivation, yeah. we don't quite have framework for products. 
And um, that is exactly one of the things that we're looking into in California with ACIL is the fact that California, again, just you know, the irony of it all, doesn't have any state framework for CBD products like in Nevada or um, Florida even and Oregon do. So we're looking for this, le this legislation now and trying to get it pushed at the state level. But honestly, the, what we really need is CBD to become under some kind of federal guidelines, which they propose something um, that that's out there, but it needs to mimic the same final product testing as cannabis. One thing I point about the statute point is that you said 46 products, which I believe is about 45% of the total that you had there were within 20% of label claims. Yeah. Um, you can drive a, you can drive a truck through uh 20%, you know, that's not <laughs> that tight of a range. No. So that's one of the deals that people need to realize that we're held to 10% in California cannabis. And that still causes enough frustration for uh, cultivators and processes, um, processors when they have to relabel or it goes outside of. So right now in California, you can see a label in a, in a, in a, in a legal licensed marijuana or cannabis shop, you will, whatever is labeled on that within 10% is what's actually in there. You're saying that with this 45, we're within 20. So much less, like much more lax regulation is still not very good numbers is my point. So until there's some structure, until there's accountability on these producers, you're gonna continue seeing this. I tell everyone all the time, CBD is where California cannabis was in 2016, 17. Uh, it's the same mistakes, it's the same illicit products, the same, um, sorry, not the same products, but the same contaminants, the same pesticides, the same metals issues that we had before we cleaned up cannabis, because it's the same plant. It's coming from the same place, um, the same mineral-rich grounds here in California. Um, you know, I say this all the time, hemp, cannabis is a final remediator. It pulls toxins from the ground, which is why we were forced to grow it back in the, uh, with our founding fathers. And therefore it pulls up all the metals from the gold rush state, you know? So it's, it's a very particular thing here in California, which is why we have metal testing way before everyone else. That's if you've been following Florida, there's a lot more recalls out there associated with metals testing. People having clean COAs, but the FDA pulling it off the shelves and there's being metals in it. So that's a big issue in cannabis that no one's talking about, but California has it addressed in their cannabis rules. But unfortunately, if you buy CBD, you're not protected the same way. It's interesting. Now, the onus, of course, should be on the companies. Obviously, the plants being, I think for the most part, you know, there's been regulation out there. So the plant being harvested is being done right. So the products before they go to manufacture, before they go to packaging is one story. But then what is being done, There obviously there's a responsibility on the behalf of the manufacturers. But shouldn't it also, the onus go back to the FDA? Because of the fact that we do not have regulations, the implementation of the hemp bill has not put into play. They're continuing to, they continue to take, you know, meetings from the public, you know, saying we, there's not enough research to go back around. But then again, we have people that want to offer research and development and they just need the parameters. We need the the framework that needs to be done here. The FDA hasn't offered that to us yet. So, you know, the responsibility goes yeah. both ways. No, absolutely. And I totally agree with you. And I think at this point, there's enough demand. There's enough known cannabis users beyond CBD, even THC, that there's really a, there really is a failure on our government, I believe, to protect the consumers. I mean, the only reason why... They haven't done anything is because cannabis isn't deadly. You know, every other drug out there, you can overdose and kill yourself from. And then, therefore, they had to make rules around it. Otherwise, you have a bunch of dead folks around. You know, can cannabis, you can't die maybe from THC, but you certainly can be injured or die from moldy THC or something that has an adverse amount of solvent or metals in it. And that's what happens when you make these products. So I certainly think there is a failure. Uh, 
there as well, especially with all the money potential, the tax revenue. There's so many good things that this industry can do. And you're seeing now a lot of local municipalities focus on their cannabis regulation because they realize they need revenue during this uh, during this downtime in the economy. So you're seeing people shift to it for emergency reasons, but I absolutely agree. I think there should be some onus. I mean, I remember last year with the vape crisis, uh, in between the time you spoke to Aaron and now myself, uh, we actually made... Um, uh, made national news with Cynthia McFadden from NBC because we broke the fact that the illicit vapes were were the cause of the so-called vape crisis last year, back in the fall. You know, everyone was saying, oh, vapes are killing people. No, it was certain kind of vapes and certain kind of additives that weren't present in the legal market because things um, are tested. You know, we, we were able to quickly identify that the source of these bad things were um, bimiacetate, which is more predominantly the illicit market, as well as some of the flavors from the e-cigarette market. So nothing that is regulated or true to cannabis THC. And we really helped separate the industry, you know, with that report and broke that. And that was a month before the CDC is my point, you know, and it's simply because we have more resources available. Uh, we get more cannabis than they do. You know, we've been doing it longer and that's kind of where we have to get caught up and get these regulations in place to ensure that we are protecting people the right way. So, Again, when I look at just, and I'm going to get to the point about the illicit market because that's what I want to ask you about next. But just to go and wrap things up about the FDA and what they did with this report, this is very comprehensive. It does put a big target on what is going on here. Now, it is a two way street. There's responsibility and accountability that has to go on both ends. But that right there is alarming to me because of the fact that without proper guidance, that tells you a good sample of where things go, where, you know, when you can't trust what's on the label to be fact, that is a major problem. And I just, that right there, I'm going to stick to that study because that, you know, it's from them. I don't think they're trying to gonna pump the numbers at all. It sounds like it's pretty, and I haven't heard anybody else contradict this study either. I haven't heard anything in the reports no. when I looked at this either. So nobody's pushing back on this. This obviously is a problem and this needs to be addressed. Somebody has to go ahead and, you know, some kind of authority has to come in here on both the government and the, uh, and, and testing companies like yourselves to go ahead and find some kind of a common ground here. So now, as you mentioned with Aaron, uh, Riley, who, who's now CEO of Canada safe. I interviewed him back on blunt business last year. I asked him about California's ongoing battle against the illicit cannabis market. So let's talk about current day. Recently, the state's Central Tax Collection Agency served a dozen tax warrants to illegal marijuana retailers in Southern California in recent weeks. They roughly seized $1 million, almost $1 million in underground marijuana products and about $100,000 in cash, which was done in conjunction with the State Highway Patrol. And to further assist the state's battle against illicit operators, the Bureau of Cannabis Control in June swore, requested 87 sworn peace officers. So... BCC is making, trying to make some progress. Uh, what do you think about what they've done in the last year? Um, I think they've uh, done about the best they could, honestly. Right. It's just uh, there's a lot of misinformation out there. There's not a lot of, um, there wasn't a lot of support from enforcement for uh, from, from, from all the local uh, agencies. It was really patchwork. I think they uh, realized that some of the rollout was a mistake. There was a little bit too much local control. And, you know, therefore, you know, as much as the state uh, voted in favor of Prop 64, not nearly the percent of uh, access is there. It does not reflect uh, what the people were asking for. So 
So with the BCC, there's just been a lot of the, 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 the local patchwork, the way the rules are rolled out, all the local control really made it difficult for them to have uniform um, oversight access. You know, Prop 64 was voted on a much higher percentage than the current access throughout the state. So there's, a, I think the majority of California does not have legal access uh, or, sorry, local authority for re re retail. There's not a lot of access for patients out there. So um, the BCC has been asking questions. I've met with them several times throughout uh, the course of 19 or early 2020 before the pandemic set in, uh, whether it be the governor's office or the BCC or the CDPH, they're asking for questions about how to regulate better. Um, they are going to go uh, undergo a uh, agency consolidation because there were three different agencies regulating this market and it was total chaos, total confusion, overtaxed. And um, unfortunately we didn't get any tax relief, which is gonna be a huge issue because people um, are gonna continue buying illicit cannabis until uh, they can afford legal cannabis. I think with some of the COVID, there was a scare. Uh, there was a scare for people to buy clean. People were scared to meet strange people, but when unemployment checks stopped, uh, the service industry is a huge supporter of legal cannabis. And there's not a lot of service industry people working right now. So I think people are gonna see the market crash, not crash, but go down due to the fact that people cannot afford it. And uh, that's something that the BCC needs to work on. But I honestly think that they did the best they could to try to capture this moving monster that was, uh, you know, the traditional cannabis market, the Prop 215. You know, there's been these different um, elevations of regulation that some people don't believe in change. You know, the Prop 215 market is still very, very strong because, you know, they've been above ground for so long. If you don't regulate or, you know, disrupt that, they're going to continue operating as is because people in California don't know a difference. You know, there's been cannabis streets on there, I mean, cannabis stores on their streets for decades, you know, so they aren't really thinking that this could be illegal because it wasn't illegal two years ago. What doesn't help either is that three weeks ago, as I record the show on July 13th, uh, Governor Gavin Newsom went ahead and started pushing or pull, pulling, scaling back some of the reopening of the economy and things there. And then as a result, there's been a lot of issues when it comes to uh, jobless claims on the state now soaring after the newest shutdown. And you know, that these layoffs are, the, the, the furloughs that were being initially put into play is hurting. But again, that's across the board in California. Hollywood is, is suffering badly right now. The labor unions, those that are working behind the scenes in Hollywood, not the talent so much, but those that are working to create projects, they're not, they're not helping at all just in that. And the same thing is also just, you know, you see jobless claims. So the mo people that might have money, that the discretional spending to go ahead and put out for products is, is rough there. And I think also the government's just kind of kept the control too strong on what's going on. I mean, yes, understood about the issues with the pandemic and the, the cases that are coming up. But, man, more business closures since March 1st have come from California than any other state. That's where we are. Tragic. Mm. I know. And but I just don't know what you do there, but it's got to be something that's got to help there. Now, I want to talk about what the pandemic is, how things look, even though we've had um, where we are, uh, I want to talk about how CannaSafe is now looking to bring additional laboratories to ensure consumer safety through the legal cannabis supply chain. You're expanding into new markets. We're going to talk about that here with Antonio Frazier, president of CannaSafe, here on Blunt Business after a short break. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. Cannabis is just one of the many great plants that we have on this planet called Earth. 
that we can use consciously and, and intelligently to improve our well-being. Take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. Learning to live and live well is a lifelong process. This is a journey. It could be you could be 80 years old or eight years old. You can still learn something that's going to make tomorrow a little bit healthier, a little bit easier, a little bit happier, a little bit better. The Concierge for Better Living with Doc Rob. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint Business and cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential. I'm your host, Dr. Dina. We've got David Faustino on the line. Bud Bundy from Married with Children. Did you feel nervous being a celebrity walking into a weed store? I don't remember at all being like, ooh, I'm scared someone's going to take my picture here. What are they going to say? Bud Bundy smokes Bud? I mean, come on. (laughs) (laughs) It wouldn't be a big shocker. Hey, this is David Faustino, and I'm on Cannabis Confidential with my girl, Dr. Dina, on CannabisRadio.com. I hope you didn't forget about us, because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. We're back with final questions with Antonio Frazier, president of CannaSafe. Uh, again, I really do appreciate you making back time to go and join us, Antonio, and I have you back on the show and have CannaSafe back on the show. And again, I'm sorry, the uh, website, uh, CSALabs.com. Uh, I might have said, I know I said it incorrectly. Yes. Uh, CSALabs.com. I just wanted to make sure of that. So, Antonio, real quickly, with cannabis deemed essential and sales still brisk during the COVID-19 pandemic, CannaSafe is looking to bring online additional laboratories to ensure consumer safety through the legal cannabis supply chain. Now, Aaron actually spoke with uh, Warren Bobra at Forbes. He said this, quote, We've had numerous inquiries from brands in these states to utilize CannaSafe services. We're provided to uh, provide our expertise and best-in-class services in these new markets. Furthermore, Cannabis testing is more important now than ever during these unprecedented times, considering the steep spike in cannabis sales. By opening additional laboratories, we are doing our best to persevere despite the circumstances and bring assurance to users. Now, as of recording, there's been already ongoing plans to open up new testing facilities in Oregon, Florida, and Illinois. Talk to me about the progress right now, the ongoing expansion efforts, and the plan to get testing out there to more places. Uh, yeah, so the plan remains. I guess I have to admit, obviously, things have slowed down through the continuation and the up and down of the pandemic. So things are nearly on schedule the way that we like. Uh, you know, a lot of the stuff that we had going on was moving prior to the pandemic. So I want to make sure it's respectfully known that, you know, this isn't an opportunity through the pandemic. This is something that we're trying to get done through the like, you know, uh, despite the pandemic. So we um, are in progress. Oregon, you know, we have, a, we have a small staff hired. We are getting instruments online. We are now waiting for licensing in Oregon. Florida is under construction. In Illinois, we are trying to finalize 
uh, you know, with with um, a building partner. So we certainly are going to continue looking. Uh, to Aaron's point, we are having clients ask a lot of these large brands that we work with are in multiple states and they want the same level of service in all of their uh, operations. And unfortunately, with the state patchwork, they can't send samples to our LA location. So we look forward to going in places where we know we have clients already. And that's kind of the approach. You know, we definitely want to expand. We'd love to be in 50 states. So at least CanaSafe is building and expanding, which is great to see. And I would wish that, you know, government would actually kind of try to build the roads. Like, you know, we were talking about infrastructure, you know, well, everybody's off the road and there's not so much a use of, of resources. How about fixing like the public transit and the airports and the, and, and the bus system and the roads? Well, can we also work on that, too? They have the same kind of work ethic that CanaSafe has to continue to build and expand and improve. Just my own two cents. Uh, again, I've been here with Antonio Frazier, president of CanaSafe. Again, CSA Labs. Uh, Give me the website one more time. CSALabs.com. CSALabs.com. Make sure I get it right again. And while people go ahead and look at the website and what you're doing, go ahead and tell us about any news or any, any information you can also share with our listeners and where they can go ahead and find out what's the latest with CanaSafe, uh, any social media handles, things like that. Absolutely. So I encourage everyone to follow us on Instagram at CannaSafe. We are blue check verified. Uh, so we're quite excited about that being a cannabis company becoming more normalized and accepted. We also are on LinkedIn. And as you mentioned, go to our website at CSCLabs.com for any careers, information, blogs, partners. We also test with a lot of the heavy hitting brands, including heavy hitters. So there's a lot of good information and resources about all kinds of products there. Um, some of the exciting things, what I'm excited about in cannabis is CBD. It's, 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 it's what you mentioned, because I know the reach is so much wider than THC is. Uh, the stigma isn't quite there with CBD. So I'm excited about the people that are going to enjoy the benefits of this natural medicine. I'm hoping that we can get this, uh, this, this, this plant recognized as a whole plant, full spectrum um, medicine. You know, a lot of people are still dealing with CBD isolates and whatnot. Yes, that is helpful, but there's so many benefits to the minor cannabinoids and other flavonoids and terpenes that come with this plant. It is truly a gift. I'm just excited to for people to start talking about it more. You know, I'm from Chattanooga, Tennessee, a small railroad town uh, on the East Coast connecting like Nashville, Birmingham, Chattanooga, uh, kind of a junction point. And there's and through that is kind of a melting pot of the South. And it's just really cool to go home, you know, seeing it out here and going home and seeing people have the conversation. I even see, I think there's a hemp lab in my hometown now that someone's running for, uh, you know, farm bill compliance. I'm just really excited about people returning to the plant and, you know, remembering why it's being used for thousands of years. I mean, as part of the cool education, I mean, whether it be the fighter remediation I mentioned earlier, you know, they use this plant to pull metals out of the ground after Chernobyl. Uh, there's so many cool things that have happened. I mean, some of the first uh, customers of solar panels were uh, growers in Humboldt County who wanted to be off the grid. So there's just so many innovations that have come from cannabis that no one really understands or knows about. And then beyond that, I'm really excited about the opportunity to repair some of the damage done by the war on drugs. Some of the work that we get to do here at CannaSafe, some of our, our uh, CSR work, working in the communities, repairing these black and brown communities that have been destroyed by this coordinated attack on the plant. Just really excited about being able to contribute and you know uh, help reentry with some of those people in communities. So lots going on here. Like you said, we are expanding. We're looking to bring our knowledge base, and our expertise, all over the country and internationally. To be honest, so there's a potential you're going to see kind of safe wow. outside the United States 
here. You know, we we get CBD from all over the world already. Uh, you know, I think that speaks to our uh, brand name that people would rather send their CBD in from France, Australia, China. Uh, we have Switzerland. We have all kinds of people submitting things to us because they want a kind of safety away associated with their product. And we're really excited about capitalizing on that and doing it intelligently and respecting the science the whole time. So really juiced up about that. And uh, you can always reach out to us at info at CSALabs.com if you want to hear more, be a part of it, or, uh, or, or help us obtain that success. Sounds great. I'm glad everything's working out well and that you're still able to keep moving. Again, just a testament of the resilience of the cannabis industry and that, you know, business being deemed essential, that plans, you know, even though this pandemic has put such a monkey wrench at everything that's going on, basically has just yeah. made, just basically shot 2020 altogether the last nine months of the year. We can only just, I'm just waiting just for next year. Can we just get past the holidays and all this? Just let's just get 2021 in. Let everybody have their vaccine, <laughs> and let's just get the hell out of here, okay? Honestly, I'm done I with say, this, man. I say the next stimulus package should, should be like a, a half a pound of weed for everybody, and we can all just chill out for a few months and uh, get to the next year. And you're right, because this year's pretty much spent. It's, oh, yeah. it's, it's nice to hear someone recognize that, but people don't want to acknowledge that yet, is that 2020 is pretty much done as far as some of the things economically. There's going to be a lot of fallout still. Hey, I just but saw the MJ Biz we, Conference is still trying to hold on to, to, to host in Vegas. I'm like, listen, CES already dropped off. You guys might as well just do it. Just, yeah. just everybody, just plan for 2021. Get what you and can commit, on this year exactly. and survive and try to break even. That's all we can do right now. Persevere yep. till next year. But in the meantime, what you're doing right here with that ACIL letter to get regulation up and going is very important. That, that is something that should be a focus going forward to, to make sure that testing compliance regulation is set to a better standard so that when we get to a full, full-blown full uh, business once again in 2021, this is something that gets already put into place. And remember, the FDA um, will get, get get done with the implementation. Let's get the hemp bill going for everybody so that we know exactly the testing levels. So we don't have another reports like they, get, they just turned out earlier. So we'll leave it there. Antonio, thanks for being on with us. Really do appreciate it. Hello. No, thanks for joining us. I lost you there for a little bit. Okay, you hear me now? Thank you. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I heard you. Sorry. I don't know if you were talking to me sooner, but uh, thank you. I think you want to take 10 and, and do a thank you. Sorry. I didn't. I oh, really give me, didn't I'll, I'll, give, I'll come back in you. one more time. Don't worry about that. All right. Okay. So again, thank you, Antonio Frazier, President of Canada State, for being with us here on Blunt Business. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed the conversation. And please uh, you know, direct any listeners to our info at CSALabs.com, and we'll certainly follow up with any questions you still have. We will do. And though, thank you, folks, for listening in to another edition of Blunt Business. Remember to please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher, because you can. And it really helps out the show. It gets more people to get their ears on this show. Bring it, build it, grow it, just like all these businesses are going to grow. You grow this show while we help to focus on those companies that are building their business up and helping you with the right tips and tricks to help you build your business. Till next time.
The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.